0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek.
1: The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Air Station One podcast. Hope you brought your appetite tonight because, folks, this is the best shit we've ever eaten. That's right, folks. We're back with some of the most delicious food, and we have so much to talk about. It's not even funny. We're going to try going for a new record here. We're going to have three main courses tonight. That's right. We started off with one the first time. Last time, we went to two. We are going with three main dishes, and that does not include dessert. This is all main dishes, folks. We are so ready for an amazing smorgasbord, a buffet, you might even say, of that you would love to eat. And speaking of we'd love to eat, let's talk to my favorite co-host who loves to eat, Mr. Mike Gordon.
2: Howdy! How did I I come up with that one? I don't know. No, no, no. No, I know. I I strongly resemble that remark. I get it. Uh, So um, it's fine. Um, Yeah. And uh, for those people who are listening, yeah, Mike said bring your appetites. Yeah, because you're going to get, because if you don't, you're going to get hungry while you're listening to us. So um, apologies. Not really, because uh, hopefully you have some good ideas of if you haven't tried a lot of this stuff, of stuff that you can try.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of different... You said stuff like four or five times. It's pretty amazing how stuffed we're going to be. And we got a great great crew to talk about it tonight. We're actually joined by the iconic rock blog lady herself. Michelle is here. Hello. Welcome. Last time we did this, you like stormed up to Mike and said, I am on the next one. You didn't even give him a chance. You just said... I wanted to be on the food one. So
0: <laughs> you're
2: here. It's
0: true. I'm here. She she's like not music, all like food.
2: Yeah, she likes she likes more than just rock music. <laughs> Most definitely.
1: And of course, we also have returning to the show, Mr. Anthony Williams. Welcome, my friend. Thank you. It's a
3: pleasure as always to be on the show. Thank you for having me back.
1: Oh, no problem. It's like funny. When I sent you the schedule, you were like, and this is like two months ago, and you were like You don't have anybody yet for the best you've ever eaten episode. And I was like hearing that from you just alone was like, he's a foodie. Okay. I knew I liked this guy. I really did. So this is awesome. I'm really glad to have you on the show again.
3: Excited to be here again. Thank you. Again.
1: Again. Again and again. It's awesome. And we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home. Please, please write us. We definitely would love to hear about your favorite you'd like to eat. And I'm doing this because, you know, I just love editing, you know, and bleeping <laughs> ourselves out. And I'm going to be doing this a lot I, I this think episode. I, I think
2: I already used my allotment this year.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it's already January. And we've got a lot of food to go over. <laughs> Oh, boy. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear what you guys have to say and hear about your favorite restaurants, hear about what your favorite categories are. You know, send us what you guys want us to talk about next time because we're going to continue doing this, you know, a couple times a year. So definitely would love to hear some categories that we haven't even thought about yet and maybe challenge us a little bit, you know, because – I know Mike is a big eater, I'm a big eater, and a lot of our people we have on the show are really big eaters, and we love trying new stuff, and, you know, you try to stump us, and no, do not go, what insect was the, your favorite insect that you ever ate in the jungle? It's like, no, we're not going to do that. That one we're not <laughs> going to go for. Sorry, sorry, can't do it. Nope, nope, nope. But anyway, definitely would love to hear from you guys. And while you're at it, please remember, if you can, if you're up on Apple, if you're up on Amazon, if you're up on Stitcher, Spotify, any of those places, please leave us feedback. We would love it. And give us five stars. We really would appreciate it. If you are not enjoying it, give us five sarcastic stars, as our friends over at the American Classic Sci-Fi Track like to say, you know we love talking to you guys. We love bringing this to you guys weekly. This is the way we find out who's listening and such. And also a way for new listeners to find us by leaving feedback and leaving ratings. It's, it's just a great way to do it. And we'd really appreciate it. Really would. And, you know, now that we're up, you know, we're, Getting up on almost every media platform that you could think of. And we have a couple others that we're going to be playing with over the next couple months that we'll be talking to you about real soon. So we have some ideas coming to you. And you know what? It's always good to be in touch with our listeners. Speaking of listeners, let's be. Uh, Big shout out and a big howdy f- to our patrons that's right, folks. Our Patreon society is going well, and we've got some great folks and the ESO network Patreon society you too can become a member for as little as a dollar a month. That's right you can help support the ESO network on for a dollar for five dollars for ten dollars even fifteen dollars and at each level you get more swag, more perks, more stuff. It's pretty awesome what you can get up there. So definitely all you have to do is go to patreon.com/eso network. Definitely check us out. Another thing we wanted to give a shout out to is our friends over at Tofosi Optics. That's right, Tofosi Optical is a great place for sunglasses. You can now even get prescription sunglasses right there from Tofosi if you have a prescription. You send it all over to them, your sunglasses are made to order. So you can get custom colors, you can get c- custom color lenses, you can even get now get, you know, prescription lenses. And so that way, you you know, if you want to not crash while you're driving and being able to see, it's always a good plus to do. And as I'm getting older, you know... My prescription's getting worse and worse. Tofosi Optics, has you covered on that, and if you put in the code Earth Station One, right in the code, you can get a ten percent off coupon. Definitely check it out. Tofosi Optics, your place for sunglasses. All right, Mikey, you ready for some food talk?
2: We are ready to, for food. Uh, we're ready. To talk Let's about- go for food. Yes, we're talking about our best shit that we've ever eaten, and. Uh, Oh, uh, this is going to be fun! Um, well, let's get right to it. We're gonna have we're gonna try for three courses with this show. So, three Michelle,
1: course meal, folks.
2: Yes, Michelle, start us off with the first item on on your list of the best you ever eat.
0: Okay, I guess I will start with the best Tex-Mex I've ever eaten, and that, oh. <laughs> that was eleven years ago. Uh, I was in Houston on a business trip and they took us to the original Nymphas. Uh, I think in Houston, they have a Nymphas and an original Nymphas. I guess the family sold it and then they thought, no, we want to stay in the restaurant biz. So this was the original Nymphas on Navigation Boulevard. And the place was packed and it was easy to see why. It's an institution, I think, in Houston and Oh my god, was it good and god was it filling and it was great.
1: What about it was so great?
0: It just hit the hit the spot. I mean, everything was cooked right and huge portions. So it was the, it was the perfect evening for you. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yep, and it wasn't together.
0: even uh, particularly uh, margarita aided. It was a work trip, so there was <laughs> uh, not a lot of drinking. So
2: wow. Okay. Well, you got to have margaritas with your text. Well, when right?
0: it when the food stands on its own without a margarita, you know it's good.
2: That's yeah. That's fair. That's mm-hmm. fair. Was there anything in particular that you remember from uh, like like that you had in particular for Tex Mex, or was it just everything?
0: I. I think I had a burrito and it was huge. Had the rice. I love it when they do the rice and just so so good.
2: Yeah, rice is one of those things that you know. It's, it's sometimes a lot of times it's the little things, right? The and if they things. do the little things right, then mm. it all adds up. And mm. sometimes if they don't get the rice right, then it all just falls yep. apart. Or or whatever they wrap the burritos in, because sometimes it's like really stiff and cardboardy, mm. and other times it's nice and. Soft and, yeah. I get it. I get it. Um, Anthony, what about you? What uh, what uh, Tex-Mex uh, is your
3: favorite? So I think the best I've ever had was in a restaurant in New York called Havelina. And they just, they, they've got two locations. Uh, we went to the one by Union Square and it was just outstanding. Great tacos, uh, great margaritas. The rice was good. The beans were good. I, I was delighted by the time i came out of there felt awesome. very very satisfied ready to walk five miles as one does in new york before dinner <laughs> um, and then uh, go all, all over again four hours later for more food um so absolutely delightful very very highly recommended um and those margaritas were were strong which <laughs> mike mike g uh, and mike f both know i like them like that Oh,
1: you do, my friend.
2: You do. Yeah, that's... uh, that. uh, Yes, I I think we all like them like that. Um, uh, I know you like them like that when you can have them, Michelle. Yes. So uh, (laughs) maybe not work-related, but uh, um, I'm sort of going to piggyback off Anthony's because mine was in New York as well. I didn't realize it was a chain until afterwards, but it seems like almost every time I end up in New York, I end up at Chevy's. Um, and I know it's like I said, I know it's a chain um there's um some in in California and Texas, or whatever, but um uh Michelle, I think the first time you and I went to New York, we went to chevy's mm-hmm. um and we saw uh, Kevin Smith and we saw Kevin Smith, that's right <laughs> um, so if it's good enough for Kevin Smith, damn it, um and this is before he had his surgery and lost all that weight <laughs> so um. But uh, there was true a
1: foodie stage
2: uh, this the last time I was there. I think when I went there for the New York uh, Comic-Con, there was sort of an after party with some folks and they had it at Chevy's and uh, that was really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I seems to always end up there. Um, the one that I'm thinking of is, is sort of just off of Times Square, actually more towards the station, right? Um, it's like right, right, right across the street from, uh the the train station there, right? Where the uh across from Penn
1: uh, from Penn Station or
2: Where the it's... where the Jackie Gleason statue is.
0: I don't, okay, good. Gotcha. Isn't it across from that McDonald's?
2: Mm, I don't think so. Um, I don't think there's somebody who there.
1: lives in New York, please write us feedback at <laughs> station one dot com. We definitely would love to
2: find out where I, this Chevy's I, I have, is because they pictures will of keep it.
1: on going for the next hour. If they <laughs> yeah. try to figure yeah, out really, where it is, really,
2: really, that's the dangerous of it. Uh, but uh, no. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just it's pretty solid. And uh, and like I said, we it's kind of like Anthony, we, we you leave satisfied, um, not too not too heavy, but not. It's still satisfyingly, and yeah if you're you need all those carbs if you're going to go walk around New York, so um, it's a good thing so uh Mike, what about you?
1: Well, mine is a place that you and I are both familiar with, and Michelle was introduced to it last spring, so I will have to go to a wonderful chain that's located in the Carolinas that we've been to quite a few times, and it 's called Papas and Beer. And it is one of the most amazing Tex Mex places I've ever been. I've been to, you know, Austin, I've been to Houston, I've been to Arizona and, you know, Southern California, where they have tons of different Tex Mex places. But there was something about Papa's and beer that just won me over and we've been to one in greenville south carolina we've been in Mm -hmm. asheville north carolina Mm -hmm. and i've also been to the one in anderson south carolina and it is just amazing each one is very consistent the food is huge they bring you the portions are not small and neither are the drinks and that you know is one of the most wonderful things. We um, whenever we go to South Carolina Comic Con, we usually go on Saturday night to Papa's and beer. Everyone from you know all our friends from the con and everything get this huge long table and the alcohol that's consumed there. And we went with uh, fellow ESO Network folks from. The uh, Nerd Bliss podcast, and so we went with Tina and her husband. And Tina decided to get a fishbowl-sized margarita. Uh, Tina is about four foot eight, <laughs> and she, I think, couldn't wake up the next day. Her husband told me. So I was amazed. I was like, "Really?" I went to Second and Charles afterwards. I was fine, you know. But it was just the food there is just awesome anything from the the fajitas to the burritos they have an amazing uh seafood burrito that is just to die for and it's just i just love all the different varieties and it's just it's just a great great place it's very it doesn't feel very stuffy or anything it's very you know welcoming and that's what you always look for in a really good mexican place you know because you want to, it's a place you're supposed to celebrate and socialize. And Papa's and Beer, hence by the name, is a great way to put it.
2: And it's always packed. It
0: is. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter what night of the week it is, it is always packed, which, I mean, mm-hmm. just goes to show you how much, how good it is, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm waiting and for them to finally, you know, come down to Atlanta. Oh, no dying. Way.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's not really a good one here in Atlanta. Not that we found.
1: So. No. And, you know, anyone who says chilies is a good uh, Tex Mex place, I'll slap them.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> you have lots uh, of uh, good Mex Mex in Atlanta, but yeah, oh, yeah. That's true. That's oh, true. not so much tex
1: so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah but ta-
1: we had tacos last time, and we had some really good picks for tacos. Um, we, did, last sure.
2: we did. All right. Uh, so. Mike, With-
0: I have. This just in, I have some sad news. Uh Uh-huh. Chevy's was on 42nd.
2: Yep, and it's no longer there.
0: It is not. I guess the entire chain is gone.
2: I don't think the entire chain's gone because I looked it up, and I think there's still, I think some of them might be temporary. Okay,
1: guys, let's go on to the next category. (laughs) But anyway, like I told you, we they can go for an hour, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> but um well, I did in doing my research, a lot of the places I might talk about our are, are clothes or okay. struggling. So that's the other thing that's kinda of sad about doing this. But um yeah, let's go to next. Uh next item on the menu in our first round. Anthony, what you got?
3: Uh, let's start with steak.
2: Steak. Ooh.
0: Steak.
3: So steak. um my the best steak I ever had was out of the country, so it's kind of expensive to get there. Uh, But uh, in 2018, I was enrolled in business school, doing my MBA part-time, and we had to do a trip abroad. And for my trip, we went to Japan. Had to. Oh, no, we had to to (laughs) to graduate. Oh, okay, Um, okay. So a group of about 30 of us went to Japan. We were in uh, Kobe, Osaka, and Kyoto. Now, if you're in Kobe you've got to go and get Kobe beef. So we went mm. uh, to a place called Misono, which is kind of on a, an upper level of uh, Skyscraper. So overlooking Kobe, um, all sat around the hibachi grill, phenomenal view. And of course we all ordered Kobe beef that they cooked there right in front of us. And it was divine. So tender, very, very simply seasoned, Very beautifully cooked, melted in your mouth. And I would actually go as far as to say that one item is probably the best shit I've ever eaten. Wow. Ever.
1: Um, Wow. That's saying a
3: lot. uh, It was expensive. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think without any any alcohol, it cost like $200. But I kind of took the attitude of this is a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Just going to take the plunge, and I would say absolutely worth it.
2: Nice. Nice. Uh, Mike, what about you? What's, uh, what's the best steak you ever ate?
1: Best steak? Well, truthfully, and in all come and clean, you know, for many years I was vegetarian, and then I was also pescatarian. Part of the reason for that, though, was because growing up, my dad was a huge, huge red meat eater, and we used to have steak probably at least twice a week sometimes. And my dad, you know, loved his prime rib. He loved his fillets. He loved all the different, you know, cuts and everything, London broils, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was always interesting, you know, as I got older, I've moved away from it. And so even when we went to steakhouses and stuff, as I grew as I was a teen like a late teenager all the way into my early thirties, I always got salmon and such. But about five, six years ago, I was in Vegas for a work meeting. And when you're on a work meeting, that means you get a per diem every day. And so we got to try some pretty amazing food while we were in Vegas. And so some of my coworkers wanted to go to this wonderful steakhouse in Vegas. It was called uh, Delmonico's and it is located in the Venetian and it's, uh, I think it's uh what's his name? Not, um, the, the, the cook, the one who goes bam all the time. Hi. Um, yeah.
3: Um Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. You who talking about. Me.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he it's one of his restaurants and they were you know everyone was saying, You've got to get steak. You've gotta get steak. So for the first time in five years, I decided to have a filet. And this thing melted in my mouth. It was charred perfectly, even like with the melted butter and you know, it was just, it was just awesome, and it was just, you know, I was like eating it and going, I could see why people like this stuff. This is pretty awesome, <laughs> so, so it was pretty cool, and it was, it, it was great. When I got home and told Judy where I went, she was like, "And you didn't bring me one?" <laughs> I was like, "No, honey, sorry. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what you eat, Vegas stays in Vegas. Exactly. Uh, steak doesn't travel well." Um, no it doesn't not after it's been prepared Um, not like
1: the time I tried to bring home a Philly cheesesteak for William that one time
2: (laughs) (laughs) that probably didn't travel well you know Um, for me uh, meat steak is all about Midwest The best stuff comes from the Midwest and uh uh one time uh, my cousin and I were out there uh he he lives in Illinois well he lives in Indiana now but he grew up in Illinois most of my uh, relatives on my mom's side did and one time my cousin and I went we were in the Chicago area and we went to Harry Carey's Italian steakhouse now I'm a big Cubs fan so I was wanting to go to Harry I've been wanting to go to Harry Carey's like for a long time um I've heard him say holy cow many 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 times so um, and it's nice to know that at his steakhouse restaurants, uh, they do treat the cow pretty holy. Um, uh, that was the first time, and I know this sounds silly, ridiculous, but it's the first time, the only time I've been to a steakhouse where they, they bring out the meat tray, like when you're ordering. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It felt a little bit like I was at the restaurant at the end of the universe. I'd say you got, you got to meet the meat. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like which part of me would you like? Um, Did it know at you? It's, but uh, um, yeah, I think we went with uh, the filet mignon cause we just wanted to go all out. It was expensive, but totally worth it. Um, it definitely was the best steak I've ever had. Uh, it was, So good. So like not too dry, not too, not too crisp, but just perfectly, like you said, melting in your mouth. Um, And that's that's what you look for. And it was just delightful. I just love that place. Um, I wish I could, you know, afford that kind of steak all the time. But um, um, Michelle, what about you? What? uh, (laughs) I I know what a big meat eater you are.
0: Here I come, bringing up the rear with the cheap uh, franchise chain. Uh, this was years ago, Bourbon Street Steak at Steak and Ale. I was with some good friends. I don't like bourbon in in real life. The stuff tastes like death. It smells like death. It's horrible. Um, <laughs> but you put it on steak and dang, it was good. That's all I can say. <laughs>
2: I, uh, yeah, I don't think I've had their bourbon chicken or d- bourbon steak. I've had bourbon chicken before, but I don't know if I've ever had bourbon steak, actually. But, uh, all right. Thank so you. we've it sounds like we've got the heavy meat out of the way uh, for our course. Uh, Mike, what have you got?
1: Okay, for my first one, I think we're going to go a little lighter. Let's go for some mac and cheese. Oh, <laughs> that's light. Yeah, well, lighter than beef, yes. But, you know, mac and cheese could really pack it on. And for me, some of my favorite mac and cheese that I ever get is mixed with different types of things. And if you have to think about my favorite, I'd have to go with lobster mac and cheese. And my favorite is from a place up in Boston, Mike's old stomping grounds. Uh, in the quincy market we found this place called yankee lobster and it is You're amazing it wrong. it's lobster lobster sorry
2: <laughs> yankee lobster
1: we, we went to yankee lobster and
2: <laughs> let me tell you it
1: was wicked cool it was wicked cool man there you go so, so it was it was great it was a it was we went for we went searching for lobster rolls and we found this place and the guys there was like is there anything else you want to try some of our mac and cheese and they gave us a sample of it Judy and I were like yes we'll take you know we'll take that and it's just like they give you this heaping bowl of the lobster mac and cheese and this it just melts all together and it is just truly. Gooey, amazing, good food, especially on a cold day, and it is—it's comfort food all the way. And you, you, if you don't like seafood, they you know have regular mac and cheese. And if you don't do dairy, oh well. So you know you you know, but you know just you know, but it's cool. It is mac and cheese at its best, and you know what. Mac and cheese is like one of those, com- like I said, comfort foods that you could always have anytime. You know, how much time in college did you always have mac and cheese and or anything? It's pretty awesome.
2: Excellent, excellent, Michelle. What about you? What's the best mac and cheese uh, you've
3: ever eaten?
0: Um, that would be my friend Andy, my former coworker Andy at the Atlanta Track Club. He had a specialty he called the thirty dollars mac and cheese. Um, Ooh because it had it was homemade from scratch and he went out and bought in wedge form like six kinds of cheese and I'm sorry I don't know all the kinds of cheese I think romano was in there um probably some cheddar was in there but might have even had some ricotta in there but oh my gosh must have had so many calories and fat grams but uh, decadent rich
2: Heavy, heavy on the cheese.
0: Heavy on the cheese. Yes. Cheese and macaroni.
2: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Good, good stuff. Um, I um, I like mac and cheese a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those things that I just can't even imagine uh, being without. And I've had a lot of different kinds. But um, when I was in Fort Lauderdale, Um, I had some, I was surprised to see some on, uh, we went to a place called, uh, Rock Burger and that's R-O-K-B-R-G-R. And, uh, I was surprised to see that on their brunch menu for breakfast. They had a breakfast mac and cheese that was consisted of, uh, smoked pepper bacon uh, it had it would that on it, as well as American cheddar cheese and a fried farm egg on top. And let me tell you, it was one of the best breakfasts I've ever had. I thought I, it was the best mac and cheese. I did not expect to have mac and cheese for breakfast. But I'm so glad I did. It was amazing. And it opened up a whole new world for me. I'm like, I can have mac and cheese for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. Um, unfortunately, the Rock Burger is not around in Fort Lauderdale anymore. But I do know that it, there are some still in uh, various places in South Florida. There's a couple of others in, uh, in South Florida. So uh, they are there. But, um, yeah, if you get a chance and, you know, take a chance.
3: Have mac and cheese for breakfast. Anthony? Well, I I think mac and cheese is really a great staple of the South. Are you even allowed to live in the South if you don't like mac and cheese? (laughs) No. So, strangely, the best mac and cheese I've ever had was not in the South. It was actually in Uh New York. Um, There is a restaurant in the East Village called Smack, S-apostrophe-M-A-C, and all they do is mac and cheese. So when you're in a big city like that, if you want to stay afloat just doing one type of food, it better be damn good. And they do numerous varieties and, of course, a sampling plate, which comes with eight of their varieties. Uh, so, yes. They're, they're, yes. The heart just stopped right there. <laughs> no, it's, it's only a small portion of each one in that <laughs> eight variety platter, but... Uh myself and my girlfriend ordered it and, um, and munched our way through it together. And the two on there that I really liked that, you know, they have like an all-American one, which is re- your traditional one. They do a four cheese, a cheeseburger, and then a couple of slightly more unusual ones. And the two that I really love, they have one called La Mancha, which is a Spanish inspired one that's made with manchego. It's got fennel in it. It's got onions and it's it's beautiful. Really, really flavorful. And they also have a Parisienne for the, the French-inspired, and that comes with uh, made with creamy brie, roasted figs, shiitake mushrooms, and rosemary. And what I really loved about that platter in particular was the variety. There were some that were better than others, and those two were were definitely the ones that I really, really enjoyed and really loved.
2: Wow. Lots of, usually I like my mac and cheese, just simple, right? But if you're, if you're going to go all out, it sounds like, um, that's the way to do it.
3: 100%. I would absolutely order that again. Probably not every day. Um, <laughs> I don't want to get, Even I don't bad. think
2: you could, you
3: could handle that, <laughs> no, no. but I would love, I would love to have that again.
2: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, I think Oh, I think I need to go now, right? And then uh, we're yes. done with our we're done with our first course. All right, so mine uh, my first item is uh, we're going to stick with all American stuff and have hot dogs, right? That goes with mac and cheese. Sometimes people put it in their mac and cheese, um, but uh, <laughs> Philistines. Ah, uh, you know. Um, look, as Mike said before, and as many people listen to the show, I'm from Boston. Um, to me, the best. The best, uh, the best hot dog, the best wiener, the best frankfurter is a Fenway Frank. Um, to me, I, I, it, I it, hot dogs are baseball. Baseball are hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Got to have them. So, and for me, there's no better baseball hot dog than a Fenway Frank. Um, and uh, you can get Fenway Franks like outside of Fenway Park, but just like almost everything else, it, it's just not the same. Um, I don't know what they do to it in the park or whether it's just that psychological thing, but, um, you know, um, and as far as, you know, what you have on the hot dogs, well, you know, of course that, that varies and that can, that can incite violence in some people. Um, But uh, I will, I will go on the record and say, you know, I grew up in new England and uh, I grew up North and I'm not afraid to put relish mustard, and yes, ketchup on my hot dog. I know, I know, I know, especially people in the South, man. Like I'm like, look, this is not How like, dare you, sir. like, you know, I mean, if you technically maybe you could consider it in the sausage family, but I would never put ketchup on a sausage, but like, there's something about like a hot dog that I just, it mixes all well together with me. So, so that's my pick. um, um but uh, I'm curious as to what other others of you, because I know there's different styles. There's a lot of different styles of hot dogs. And uh, Mike, what about you? What's uh, what's your favorite?
1: Ah, seeing how I grew up outside of New York, for me, I have special fond memories of my parents taking me to Coney Island, mm. and we used to go to the original Nathan's
2: and Nathan's,
1: and going to Nathan's uh, boardwalk. Hot dogs is like Americana at its best for me it literally you know they have the you know the grill with the real wood barbecue you know the, the the barquettes or whatever they call it to cook the flame and everything and then they have the hot dogs grilling on it and then for me getting a hot dog there with mustard relish and onions is just awesome and you know then the fries with cheese on it it's it's just awesome.
2: So so you're not the kind of guy who takes the Nathan hot dogs, dunks it in water, eats as many as you can and you it stuffs as many as you can down your throat.
1: Yes. <laughs> How do you think I got this athletic build of mine? Come on. You know, come on, you know, you know, I had to earn this, you know, this earn this keep and everything. No, I, I actually have not been, I haven't been to that Nathan's, I know it's still there, obviously, but, I haven't been back to Coney Island probably in almost 25 years. So, it's, you know, well overdue, but used to go all the time up until my mid 20s before I moved to Seattle. I used to go probably every summer up there. So, it was pretty cool.
2: I think it's a summer tradition. I usually watch it on ESPN the 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 hot dog uh, eating contest. And I don't know which is more disgusting. Like putting the idea of putting a hot dog in water and then it's and then putting it in your mouth or just the amount that they just shove in. It's oh. incredible. Like and it,
1: and it. The, usually the people that do it are like skinny rails. It's like this. <laughs> My pinky is bigger than, you know, than these people are and it's just like how do you get you know 100 and some odd hot dogs down there
2: <laughs> it's amazing like it's just it it does not make me hungry for hot dogs afterwards that's no. for sure uh, for like appetizing. for like a month afterwards um uh michelle what about you what uh so your favorite hot dog uh it
0: was a tie Oh uh, they're both stadium dogs one was at the old Fulton county stadium uh, shortly after I moved to Atlanta in the mid '80s, took my dad there, um, watched the Braves lose. But it was just—it was just an ordinary, everyday hot dog. But it was fresh; I hadn't been going on the roller thingy for hours. It was just a really good hot dog on a really good day. And the other one was uh, my first Chicago dog at the stadium. Love me Ooh. a Chicago dog, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm.
2: For those uh, who may not know, what's on a Chicago dog?
0: Chicago dog is on a poppy seed roll. It is a beef frank. It has um, this bizarre sort of neon green relish, um, uh, tomato wedges, and um, a thing called a sport pepper tucked in the side. Hmm. Mm, wow. Oh, and celery salt. I'm sorry, celery salt.
2: Wow, that's very that's very specific. Yes. <laughs> It's uh, a Chicago dog, though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. It is. Yeah, uh, Anthony, what about you? So I feel ashamed to say that after ten years in the U.S., I I have not really eaten that many hot dogs. Um, do, do corn dogs count? Can I name a corn dog? Sure,
2: absolutely. Um, sure, why they're, not? they're usually embedded inside a corn dog. a <laughs> <Yeah>. hot
3: dog. <laughs> so um, there used to be this this great food truck in Atlanta called Palucaville. They mm. then turned into a restaurant restaurant sadly closed i think the owner jim stacy um has left the business now i don't think the food trucks around the restaurant's certainly gone but their corn dogs were phenomenal i mean they had you know proper gourmet franks that they would dip in their homemade uh cornbread batter deep fry in front of you add on some some mustard and if you're so inclined some some ketchup and absolutely beautiful um but otherwise you know it's uh It's it's not something I've had a lot of encounters with. Maybe because I don't really uh, go and watch baseball. It seems to be a a baseball thing. They do have them at soccer matches here in Atlanta, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when we can go to soccer games again, maybe I will have to uh, try one at the Mercedes-Benz.
1: Exactly. But it's interesting because Palookaville was very well known as a food truck. And then Mm -hmm. over in Avondale Estates, he Mm -hmm. opened the restaurant. We actually – a crew of us went there one year after was it Hulanta yep when it, and it was when Robert McIntyre came to the, and Helen came to the country the first time and we took them there to try it and they had the uh the adult milkshakes and they had the baskets of tater tots and these corn dogs that Anthony was mentioning are about as long as my arm They're huge. Oh, yeah. they were they They're were a beautiful huge thing they were a thing of beauty. And when he sold the place, uh, they tried keeping the restaurant going, but it just was not the same.
3: Yeah. yeah. He was a huge personality. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone oh, yeah. knew Jim Stacey. Um, and yeah. It's... Yeah,
2: he's got a uh, – he has a tiki show that he um, promotes on on YouTube now, um, among many oh, other yeah. things that he does now. So, um, yeah, he's still – he's really active in the tiki community here in, in – in the Atlanta area, and uh, he's a good guy, huge guy. <laughs> yeah, he, he is a huge presence,
1: <laughs> a big but, personality, uh, right yeah, there. Yeah,
2: but but a shame because uh, Michelle and I went to Pelicanville a couple mm-hmm. times, and yeah, I uh, I partook of the corn dog and it was massive. Uh, so yeah, I could I would definitely put that in my top five.
0: And they were playing ufo on the uh yes. on the tv which
2: they were. it was totally geeking out right <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> or episodes of doctor who and you know it's just it was great mm-hmm. to see what they had on the tv it was just amazing
2: mm-hmm. all right so that concludes our first round so those people who are if you're still you know feeling hungry we're going to be right back and serve you up some more food
4: Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Blurb. We have finally made it to 2021. Yay! It's nice to see 2020 in the rearview mirror, as it were, and I think there are some great things in entertainment to look forward to this coming year. Now, this year I did not put together a list of my most anticipated movies, TV shows, etc. Just because I kind of learned my lesson from 2020, things are still in flux we don't know what the world is going to look like this spring, summer, end of the year. So it's hard to say whether a lot of the upcoming movies that were rescheduled from 20 to 2021 will even come out this year. So I don't want to set myself up for disappointment. So even though I'm really hoping to see Black Widow, Dune, the new Bond movie this year, who knows exactly what's going to happen and if we'll see those in theaters or on streaming to be determined. But thankfully, we do have a lot of great streaming content to tide us over. I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but I've heard good things about the new Marvel TV show, WandaVision, over on Disney+. Plus. Sounds like it's kind of trippy and genre-pushing, at least for the superhero genre. And I'm excited to check it out. I'm ready for some fun, fresh, and new content from the MCU. I also recently just finished Queen's Gambit, which is Excellent. Highly recommend that if you haven't gotten a chance to see it. Also watching Bridgerton. Plenty of stuff on streaming to keep us occupied. And that's kind of what we've got for uh, these first couple weeks in January here. Again, it's hard to really predict what's going to happen in the entertainment industry this year. Just because we're all waiting to see what happens with COVID and the vaccines so, again, just so thankful for streaming services. I feel like they helped a lot of us get through 2020, just bringing us new and great geek content. So, regardless of what happens in the world this year, I'm excited to see what comes out on Netflix, Disney+, Plus, a bunch of Marvel series, and The Book of Boba Fett. Super hyped about that new Star Wars so I think we have plenty to look forward to. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog over on the ESO Podcast website.
0: Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their
1: minds trying to consume Marvel products right now. And I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now.
5: If something's gonna be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes,
1: they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually gonna garner a lot of attention.
0: Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days
2: a week and right here on the ESO Network. And now it's time for our second course of the best we've ever eaten. Um, I could say that, and uh, Mike can bleep it out. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Woo. Wow, wow. See, now you've used up your allotment for the year. Um, all right, so to start us off, uh, Anthony, why don't
3: you uh, give us a food? All right, let's start this round with the good old English Sunday roast. So I am talking... Roast beef, roast lamb, roast chicken, traditionally served on a Sunday afternoon with roast potatoes, vegetables, maybe Yorkshire pudding, stuffing, gravy. Almost like a an American Thanksgiving dinner, but more English in flavor.
2: <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. What does that mean, English in flavor?
3: <laughs> well, believe it or not... We do actually have flavour in the fair country of England. There is this. I was gonna ask about
1: that. I really was gonna ask that one.
3: <laughs> we we have this reputation of um having very bland food, but no, our food is simple, but it's not bland. Um and a really, really good English roast dinner will be some well seasoned meat with some phenomenal gravy and those wonderful fatty um Yorkshire Puds. And Obviously, being the good Englishman that I am, I have to say the best one you'll ever find is my mother's. Now I've got that out of the way. I can tell you in in England, the best I've had out and about is in a pub in Bloomsbury called the Marquis of Cornwallis, who of course was the the general who famously lost the American Revolutionary War for Britain. So the pub's named after him. He actually had a very successful political career outside of that. But every Sunday... They do a a roast. Um, They have two options normally. They have a a meat, uh, which I believe certainly they used to rotate every Sunday. So some Sundays it would be beef, some Sundays it would be lamb. Um, And they also have a vegetarian option, so your, your nut roast. And it's just fantastic. It's a good hearty meal to wrap up the weekend with and send you into a food coma on the Sunday night, ready to start the next day at work again. And if you're in the Atlanta area, as I know everyone on this podcast is tonight, uh, the best you're going to find is at the Marley House in Decatur. They actually do a very decent Sunday roast. Um, so highly recommend that as well.
1: Wonderful. That sounds awesome.
3: It does sound awesome. Now
1: I'm stuffed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, what about you? What about, uh, what about your choice for uh, English roast?
1: See, when I was trying to think about that, the closest thing that I have ever had to like the English roast was like a pot roast. And, you know, it might not be the same thing completely, but my favorite pot roast is from a restaurant here in Atlanta and it's called the Colonnade. And the colonnade is old Atlanta at its best. It's an old family-style restaurant where the waitresses have been working there almost 50 years. The food is amazing and exquisite. People line up to get into this place. It's right off of Cheshire Bridge if you ever get a chance to do go there. And it's actually in danger of closing. It's been there for almost 100 years But because of the pandemic and, you know, the lack of people coming in and such, it's not been very, you know, feasible for them to stay open. And, you know, up until just real recently, they didn't even take uh, credit cards. You had to either pay by cash check or they had an ATM in the lobby for you to, you know, pay. And it is – the food there is – literally to die for. It's all homemade daily by scratch and the pot roast with the gravy. And then if you want, you can also get the horseradish uh, sauce with it. And then you also have baked potatoes and you also have the, the steamed broccoli and you then for dessert, you get the homemade peppermint ice cream with the homemade chocolate sauce on top of it. And it's just amazing to have I would highly recommend the colonnade
2: yeah I've now we haven't been there
0: I've been there I, you don't, been think, I don't think you have
2: mm. would you Mike concur? you have
0: to tell the famous story about the fire at the colonnade
1: oh their
0: their, their kitchen caught on fire and uh, someone from the staff came out and made an announcement to the dining room this was some years ago. And he mm-hmm. said, I'm sorry, uh, we all need to evacuate. And people looked at him. They took their plates and their forks. And, they walked, out. and walked out and ate in the parking lot. They weren't leaving that food behind. <laughs> no, that, that's how good the food is at this yes. place.
1: You know, and they get to know their customers, too. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's just very old Atlanta. Judy Mm -hmm. used to go there when she was a kid and she used to say they used to go there almost every Sunday for dinner and the waitress would know what Judy's brother would have each week. What Judy's you know have an old fashioned waiting for Judy's dad, you know, and it's just it's just awesome that, you know, it's that type of place where they get to know you. And the it's it is so worth going to once the pandemic is over, I think that should be a little field trip for all of us.
2: Sure, we'll see that uh, in five years. I don't know. Just, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? 8 your time, Michael pe- Gordon. It'll feel like five years. I'm sure. Uh, this this year's already felt five years old. Um, uh, Michelle, what about you?
0: It would have to be my mom's. My mom's
2: my, my mom's hot
0: roast. Which I don't think was just limited to Sundays, but my mom's pot roast. And I don't think I've ever had pot roast at a restaurant. So just
2: mom's. Just mom's. Just mom's. Quite right to you. (laughs) Yeah. um, I struggled with this one because I, and not because I've never had it, but although in New England, we call it Yankee. Pot roast, (laughs) I think so. For for you know, contentious reasons, I guess. Um, And uh, but I can recall having it. It was it's sort of a staple in a lot of uh, New England restaurants. Um, So much so that I I'm hard pressed to remember a specific one that I had a, a great time. There's I know that there was a restaurant that we used to go to every once in a while and have family dinners at um, that was uh, on the way to Keene in New Hampshire. Um, that uh, was a great place that we used to have that. And, um, but I, I, i struggle to remember the name of the restaurant. Um, and then there are numerous places in Boston um, that, uh, that serve that too. I think most notably one that I took you to Michelle, that um, it was sort of a cafeteria type yeah. place. Yeah. It was like an old, it's like an old style restaurant cuz it's like everybody just ate at the same table like there were just lines of tables around mm-hmm. right and uh like it was almost like experiencing what it was like eating in the 1930s or 20s or even mm-hmm. earlier right mm-hmm. yeah i don't think you cared for it though if i remember correctly but um no. but uh in any case um yeah unfortunately the names of those places escape me but um but yes it is a traditional New England dish as well. And, uh, we used to have it at home. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, I will, I will, I will sort of say that a a new England Yankee pot roast is my favorite uh, of that. So that of similar, of similar type of, of what you're talking about, I think.
3: I'll accept it.
2: (laughs) So uh so uh Mike why don't you uh name a food uh our next food on your list on your menu Sure we're
1: going to go down to Cajun country now we're going to go talk about a little bit about po'boys. boys It's a well-known food staple in for the first time I ever had one was in New Orleans and it is some of the best type of sandwiches you can ever have. Another, I guess, I like big food. I come from a family of big food eaters, and po boys are just amazing. Uh, you can get, you know, the traditional is a shrimp or a roast beef or an oyster or even chicken po'boy. And there are some amazing You know, places to go to get it. Like there's places in New Orleans like Mother's or the place I'm going to talk about today is a place called Krabby Jack's. And it's not right downtown New Orleans. It's a little bit out as you're heading towards the airport. And Krabby Jack's is just amazing. It's only open for lunches and I think it's only open to like five o'clock or something. But the lines for people to get into this place are just amazing because it's not a tourist place. It's a place where the locals go. This is the place where construction workers come in and doctors and office workers, and, and it's just it's just amazing to see. it's in a, It looks like a big warehouse from the outside, but the food is just oh so good. I got a fried shrimp po' boy with roast beef mixed in with the gravy, or they call it the ends, and it is just awesome to even get, and it is just to die for. And you get it with, uh, a lot of times you get it with Barks red cream soda and, you know, french fries. Really good stuff there, folks.
2: Sounds pretty good. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony, You have a, Have you had poor boys before?
3: I have. And I'm also going to take us to New Orleans for this. Probably a little more touristy than Mike's choice. Uh, so when I went, we went to a place called Felix's, who I believe are best known for their oysters. We were there at yep. lunch. And at the time, I didn't like oysters. I do now. I've reevaluated that life decision. Um, but at lunch I had a soft shell crab po'boy and I, Oh, awesome. I don't know po'boys that well, but I know soft shell crab and the crab in that was cooked to perfection. It was absolutely beautiful. I'm sure there are probably better places in, in Nolins to get po'boys, but that made me a very happy man that day. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: Sometimes sometimes the obvious places are the best or can be mm-hmm. the best you know they're they're, yeah. they're they're good for a reason they're obvious for a reason right mm-hmm. uh, um, Michelle have you ever had a po boy?
0: No. <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: no. Really?
0: No, never. I there mean is if a great... if a sub sandwich isn't the same thing I have that's out of my experience. No, no.
1: There's a great po boy place over on Claremont. In right outside in, North, in Decatur, I think it's past North Decatur Road on Claremont over on the right um, where I think um, Urban Barbecue is in that little strip shopping center. And there's a place in there called the Po' Boy Shop. And it is well worth it if you're in the Atlanta area to stop by. It's great.
2: Hmm. Uh, I, too, have uh, never had a Po' Boy. Um, and yeah, I've, I've never even been in New Orleans, so I can't even put that on my, and uh, that's a box I need to check at some point.
1: Mike Gordon, even Popeye's sells po'boys. Come on.
2: I don't go to Popeye's that often, but, um, <laughs> the only thing that I can think of when you, when I was looking it up, I'm like, what is this? I'm like, well, I've had, this is, I know it's not the same thing, but it's a, it's sort of a new England equivalent, right? Which is the which is the roll, whether it's the lobster roll or the, or the, lobster. uh, yeah. lobster, lobster roll. Right. Right. right the on. clam roll or the oyster or the oyster rolls. Uh, you know, it's, it is very I, similar. it's a similar concept. Similar. Um, and I'm not huge on seafood, but I've had, I, I do enjoy an occasional, uh, lobster or clam roll. Um, the bread in the new England, the New England uh, style of um, of roll, quote unquote, is a little different than most people. Most people think, look at New England, and go, "Is this a piece of bread that's just folded over?" Because uh, it it it's yeah, it's not a it's not a roll per se. It is a uh, uh, it is more bread like, mm-hmm. and it's sort of folded over, um, and uh, you toast both sides, and it's very much like a toasted. It bread. almost looks
1: like a hot dog bun in some ways.
2: Exactly. It is. Well, it's what New England uses a hot dog. Exactly. So, I mean, you can get that you can get them in stores and whatever, but they're not like the traditional like most people when they think of hot dog rolls, they think of an actual roll. Um, But yeah, New England's don't usually have uh, for hot dogs or for their, you know, lobster lobster rolls. They don't have the traditional kind of roll like that. So, so I guess it's similar, uh, in some ways, but, um, that's how he rolls. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. That's, that's how, that's how we roll in in New England. Right. (laughs) All right. Um, uh, so that, uh, let's see Michelle is, is due for a pick here, right? Okay. (laughs) So what's your, what's your next food item on the menu?
0: Let's see. Let's, uh, let's have a little comfort food. And I have a pasta. It's not what what would pop pop to mind with the tomato sauce. Um, I'm going to talk about the rigatoni di Magianos. Oh, yum.
1: Uh, it's yum.
0: a s- staple on their menu. Um, it's deceptively simple. It's rigatoni and cream sauce with mushrooms and chicken. It's like, why would you go to a restaurant and order that? That is so plain and ordinary. Oh, no, my friend. No, I... This is the ultimate in comfort food. It is, it just kind of puts you into a delicious stupor. And I have seen the recipe for it. Uh, the uh, AJC once printed it and it's incredibly labor intensive. It is not something, don't try this at home, folks. You you don't want to do this. Let Maggiano's take care of it for you. <laughs> but it is uh, just, mm. You it's like a, a, a loving embrace from your mom. You will feel so good.
2: Wow. Wow. Nice. That's uh that, that's that's That break. says a
1: lot right there.
2: <laughs> um yeah, when when I hear pasta, I'm I think more Italian. And I've been to Maggiano's once. Um and it was pretty good, but I think I really need to give that more of a uh, a try. We, it was a work thing. It was a lunch thing and it wasn't, it was okay. But I, I really have not experienced Maggiano's, I think, to the full experience, family-style experience. <laughs> um, but when I think of Italian food, um the first place that I think of is my favorite place to eat Italian food is, uh, Mama Ricotta's in, uh, Charlotte, North Mm. Carolina. Um, I, uh, I introduced Michelle to it, uh, last year, uh, on my birthday. And, uh, I've eaten there. I eat there a lot of times when I get to go to Charlotte. Um, so for conventions or whatnot, if I'm staying overnight and I know that, uh, I can take like a heavy amount of food, um, and, and then go to sleep, uh, and I'll sleep like a baby because it's, it's so good. It's family, really legit Italian family oriented style. Um, I, um, I have tried the lasagna there. I have tried the baked ziti. I've tried the, uh, just, you know, spaghetti, um, and meatballs and it's all amazingly great. Um, just, just exactly. It's like, definition of those italian foods like if you look them up in the book they they're they're pictures of what they look like (laughs) right there and they taste like they should um and everything else is is just like oh that's good but that place Mm -hmm. undeniably great um so that that's my choice for italian pasta uh mike what have you got for your Okay.
1: I got very spoiled when I was in college because I went to University of Maryland and we used to go up to Baltimore all the time and Baltimore is very famous for their little Italy. And we used to go, you know, for dates or after going to a baseball game or their Italian restaurants were known to staying open till 3 or 4 in the morning. So after going to bars and stuff, we went out for Italian food or either that or we went for Italian cookies at the Italian bakeries and everything. And it was always great to go to. But there was an Italian place I used to go to up in Baltimore and it was called – uh, Del zeros, and it is right off of Eastern Avenue in Little Italy and I used to get their Liguini with clam sauce and crab meat and it was amazing because it's in a obviously a white clam, white sauce but not like the white sauce you get with like Liguini like uh, Alfredo stuff it's like the clear wine sauce and they mix it with the the garlic and the the capers and all the seafood stuff and it is just amazing. You can get usually two meals out of this dish and it is just as good the second day and you don't want to, you know, be around friends for a little bit of it cuz the garlic that comes out of your throat will just like knock a vampire on its butt even if it's shiny and everything. So, <laughs> but it's it's awesome and Going to Little Italy, you get, you know, the true Italian experience. These restaurants have been passed down generation to generation. The families. And it is it is awesome. It is really a great place to go. And there's, like, restaurant after restaurant in Little Italy. And that's one of the p- ways I test an Italian place, actually, is how they're the guini with clam sauces. Just, you know, for me. Either that or the chicken parm but you know anybody can do a chicken parm to get a really good linguini with clam sauce takes talent
2: yeah there's some certain staples that if i'm at an italian restaurant um i'll usually start with something simple like spaghetti meatballs or lasagna because if they can't do that right then forget it like like if they but it, but if they do that that impresses me not just like it's serviceable but impresses me then uh then the sky's the limit so uh, i i see what you do there um Anthony, what about you? What about a uh, pasta dish for you?
3: So I'm going to cheat a little. I have two on this one. Um, this is going to happen a couple of times, I think, but before, between now and the end of this recording session. But um, my first choice would be, there's, there's a very small region of Italy called uh, Lunigiana. It is at the northernmost tip of, of Tuscany. And they have a regional special. You can't really find it outside of there. And it's called Testaroli. And it's not your traditional pasta. It's more rolled out like a big pancake um and then they cut it into squares and boil it it's very very different like they they pre-cook it as the pancake then they cut it and that's traditionally served with pesto and it is such a different flavor to anything else the texture is different it's almost like spongy it's really really tasty really um different and Any restaurant worth their salt in that region of Italy will have it. So, if you're ever planning a trip, highly recommend checking that out. US wise, uh, there is a restaurant in New York in Hell's Kitchen called Nizza, that's N I Z Z A, and they do a phenomenal baked gnocchi. It comes in your traditional tomato sauce. It's got mozzarella that's just going ooey and gooey and it's it's beautiful um went there for a pre theater dinner and um nearly didn't leave i almost wanted to get seconds but uh, i was told no we had to go to the show but again beautiful um anything that's kind of got that that cheesy gooiness to it i tend to love
2: mhm Ugh, wow yeah now i'm starting <laughs> to get hungry again. <laughs> Because pasta, ooh, yeah. Mac and cheese is good, but pasta, real good pasta, is on another level. Uh, That's, like, one of my favorite foods, like, ever. Uh, So, wow, this is awesome. Um, All right, so we're going to switch gears, though, and switch from pasta to my choice, my food choice, which is Polynesian. Um, Now, you know, I'm known a little bit. For enjoying like the tiki, the tiki lifestyle, and and usually people associate that with drinks, with mai tai, with zombies, with you know painkillers, etc., etc. But um, there are really good food choices uh, as well. Um, a lot of places will try to pawn off um, Chinese food or some variation of chinese food as as they if they're serving their drinks their tiki drinks and if they want you know because it's over in that sort of region they just it's they sort of put um, they put a sort of lean towards more chinese food but so you can find actual polynesian fare at a lot of places as well and i don't think you can go any better than if you go to ballet high in san diego california um that place is phenomenal first of all getting the drink thing out of the way their drinks are the strongest drinks i've ever had in my entire life um, so maybe that skews your idea of the food i don't know but um, uh, to me it just helps it. It, it it enhances it and uh they have a pork dish there a, a Balihai um barbecue pork ribs which uh, is served with scallion and sesame seeds. It's their sauce is, I don't know what's in it, but it's sweet and it's tender. Uh, the, the, the ribs are tender, and it just is amazing. Um, second to that is the coconut shrimp, which is uh, you know pretty much uh, self-explanatory. Um, you wouldn't think that those are two great tastes that would go together, but to me they do. Um, so that would be. Uh, my And there's plenty of other things uh, that I've, I haven't uh, seen anybody there that has complained on any of the dishes that they serve there. Uh, they are one of the few tiki locations that I know of that tiki enthusiasts go to eat um, as well as to drink, which is not very often. So um, now I know that, you know, tiki is kind of my thing but i'm wondering if uh anthony do you have any experience with any
3: sort of polynesian food dishes so i think the closest i get is poke does that count
2: um it, yeah i think it's a, it's okay. related yeah that's
3: the closest i've had i mean i've it's adjacent <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean i've been to trade vicks in atlanta and, and eaten sure. dinner there but that okay. very much seems more what you were talking about the kind of chinese food being pawned off as polynesian right
2: some of it. Uh, there's, some, there's some, I would say, sort of Polynesian-Asian fusion yeah. there, maybe.
3: Um, but yeah, I would, I would certainly um, count it. But in terms of, of poke, there's um, a place in East Atlanta Village called Wee Suki Suki. It's, it's got a bunch of little stalls inside. They call themselves a Global Grub Collective. And one of those stalls is called Poke Buri. And they basically, they have a number of uh, pre-made poke bowls, or you can build your own. And I really enjoy building my own, getting double salmon. Um, it's it's a thing of beauty. And I, I realized, as you say, it's kind of adjacent, but it's I think it's the closest I've had. <laughs> sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is a very singular, like Polynesian is very singular. You don't like, you know, you don't, a lot of people don't like order Polynesian, uh, you know, a lot very often. So it is, is kind of harder to find. Is is
3: there anywhere in the Atlanta area that you would recommend or does one, Trader, Trader, Vicks. Vicks is the, okay. Trader Vicks is the closest.
2: I, I would say, like, if you want the, the sort of tiki Polynesian experience, there's no better place in Atlanta to go than Trader Vicks. And Trader Vicks would be high on my list if it wasn't for Bally High. If I'd ever been to Bally High, then I would be talking all about Trader Vicks right now, or maybe Calhoun in, in uh, outside of Boston, because uh, that's a pretty good place, too. Um, but, um, yeah, they, uh, uh, that's what I would say for the Atlanta okay. area. Good to know. Um, so, Mike, Mike, what about you? Well, a
1: couple different things. I was going to tag along with what Anthony had said about Pokey. And I actually Mm -hmm. had not had it before last year's Dragon Con was the first time I had ever had it. We went to, we walked away from where Dragon Con was and we went down towards more, towards Five Points downtown. And there was a great little Pokey place right off of, uh. I think it was right off of Peachtree Street. Uh, There's like this little closed off road where they have all these little shops and restaurants. And there was a great little pokey place. Um, One of our friends from the network took me there. And it was awesome. I fell in love right away. Now it's like almost once a month at least I do pokey. There's a great place called the Pokey Factory up in Alpharetta probably about three blocks from where my office is. And to me, it's just comfort food. It's like eating a a sushi roll, but in a bowl itself. And it's just a (laughs) lot of great seafood. You could have crab meat and shrimp and tons of vegetables. And it is just amazing. And each person's version of it is unique. There are no real two the same and that's what makes it pretty darn awesome but also I do want to throw in at Disney World Trader Sam's oh, yeah. and that's that was my other than Trader Vic's <clears throat> that was my first um Polynesian place I went you know and I'm not even going to talk about the tiki room you know you know at at Disney World. So. Well,
2: the Tiki Room doesn't have... Actually, the Tiki Room started off; it was supposed to be a restaurant. Yeah. But then they, they changed it to an attraction um, midway through <laughs> before it opened. But um, but they do have... Uh, in Walt Disney World, they have the Polynesian Village. Mm-hmm. Um, and they now have a, a Trader Sam's as well. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I've not been to either Trader Sam's location. So uh, that, uh, those are definitely things that I want to do and check off the bucket list Because I've well. been to the Trader Sam's in um,
1: Disneyland, the first one. Sure. But I lived out in California. So, yeah. So that was my experience with Polynesian food.
2: Mm -hmm. Michelle, what about you?
0: I cannot remember what I ate at the Mai Kai. Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: remember everything about the Mai Kai was absolutely wonderful. (laughs) So at the risk of sounding like an airhead, whatever it was I ate there, and I think whatever (laughs) you could eat there would be phenomenal.
2: Yeah, the Mai Kai is one of my favorite places on the planet and i i mean i hate to say that uh you know to go against them and say suggest that there's someplace better to eat but as far as food wise goes the ballet high gets the edge but the Mike high in terms of atmosphere in terms of the entire package the show they do the drinks the food everything is excellent there Mm -hmm. so um so yeah i would definitely not want to steer people away from there as well and i can't remember what you had either <laughs> this is why we take pictures of food, people. <laughs> this is why we post pictures of food. We're not just being mm-hmm. obnoxious, we'd so we remember these things later on. Uh, so um but yeah, I haven't had a bad meal there either, so I would definitely recommend that. Um, I think most of a lot, even I've just got the ds Ardu- Ar- there, you know and mm-hmm. um and they've been fantastic so so those are good places. All right. Well, that concludes our second course of food items of that we've re- eaten that's really been really good. Um, and we will all digest that. Come right back after this message. Your
1: butt is wide. Well, mine is too. Just watch your mouth or I'll sit on you.
5: Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the first two episodes of WandaVision. So, we finally have some new Marvel shows coming out on Disney+. Plus. The first being WandaVision, a nine-episode show focusing on Scarlet Witch and Vision, but something doesn't seem quite right with it. The show starts off as a sitcom set in the 50s, a la Dick Van Dyke Show. The second episode then takes us to a bewitch styled show approach. We see Wanda randomly see things that shouldn't be there, like certain items in color, because the first two episodes are all in black and white, and we regularly see the sword symbol throughout both episodes, which, if you did not know, sword is the space side of S.H.I.E.L.D., which we've seen Fury on a spaceship in more recent Marvel movies. We do not entirely know what is going on and what is wrong with Wanda, and if it's just her creating a pocket dimension to cope with losing vision from the earlier films, or what. But things are weird, but they're also really, really fun. It is also really interesting to see how they recreate stories that are in different times during TV history. We also meet Geraldine, or Monica Rambeau, who we met as a child in Captain Marvel. What is she doing there? It'll be interesting to find out. This show is definitely weird, and it's taking a bold and different approach from what we've seen in other Marvel movies and shows. And I'm really excited for it. It's a different take on a story, since in comics, not every story is a superhero fight. And we get to see those weird story arcs that we all thought were interesting, but, you know, we normally wouldn't expect to see them in live action. But they all end up leading characters to new places and new experiences. Well, thanks for listening to a Geek Girls Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out.
1: Hey there. Welcome back. We have a new sponsor here on Earth Station One and I want to welcome Ink Marketing to the Earth Station One podcast. Ink Marketing's mission is to place your comic book based business in the correct position in the marketplace for increased visibility and growth. They provide market solutions for comic book creators, artists, writers, shops, podcasters, and cosplayers. Come see what they can do for your Kickstarter or your comic book shop. Visit us at www.inkmarketing.com and ask for a solutions guide. That's www.inkmarketing.com. And thank you for being part of the ESO family. Take it away, Mikey.
2: All right, so we are back, and we are. This is our final course, uh, if we have any room left of, of food to eat. Uh, we'll start off with uh, with you, Mike. Uh, what is your uh, next food item and last food item of the show?
1: My last food item for tonight, just to give it a little digestion and everything, is fried chicken. You know, we got to talk about a little, you know, Southern hospitality and I've, you know, I never really learned how to appreciate fried chicken till I moved to the South. You know, I've had, you know, Kentucky fried chicken. I've had fried chicken at different places throughout the country, up North and out West. But I never really got really good fried chicken until I came to move to Roswell. And there was a restaurant there called Greenwood's that we actually had the ESO holiday dinner at a few years ago. And they have a honey-based fried chicken that they make to order. And they basically, when you order it, they tell you, Get yourself an appetizer because this is going to be 35 to 40 minutes till your food is ready because they have to they, – they don't even bread it or anything. They make it from scratch for you at this place. And the food the food there is worth waiting for because everything in this – at Greenwoods is made to order. And the breading and with mixed in with the honey and it is just truly, truly amazing. But sadly enough, Greenwoods is gone. It is now condos. They tore down the building. And now with the modernization of downtown Roswell and, you know, how more, more and more popular it's getting because Greenwood's was an old house that they converted into the restaurant. And now it is condos. And it's really, really sad. So that is my pick for fried well, chicken. I
2: guess uh, I'm glad we got to, got to experience that while it was still around. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, that was pretty good. Michelle, what about you?
0: Oddly, mine isn't southern. I grew up in eastern Iowa, and um, about, oh, 60 miles away from where I grew up is a place called the Amana Colonies, which uh, is settled by a sect very much like the Amish, and uh, they have woolen mills there, and it's also, incidentally, where they make Amana appliances, oddly enough, uh, but they have a lot of family style restaurants and uh, went there for a school trip as a wee child in grade school and uh, big platters of just the juiciest, tastiest fried chicken ever. Good, good stuff. So chalk one up for uh, the Yankee fried
2: chicken. <laughs> <laughs> is it, that, that's not, well, that's not really Yankee, is it? It's- Yankees. Ah, Yankees. Yeah, I got
0: you.
2: Iowa. Iowa, right. Well, Midwest. That's the place to get me. Anthony, what about you?
3: Okay, so I'm going to go back to New Orleans again with this round. So when I went, uh, got in a taxi, and the driver recommended somewhere to go for a lunch buffet. And he recommended a restaurant called Dookie Chase, which is apparently incredibly famous. Uh, It's been around since the early 1940s. Uh, All sorts of um, cultural icons ranging from John Lewis to Ray Charles to Barack Obama have eaten there. And they do a Cajun fried chicken as part of that buffet, along with all the other things you would expect at a Cajun lunch buffet, and oh my God, it was good. It was tender, it was well-breaded, it was just the right amount of grease, not too much, not too little, absolutely beautiful. And again, certainly made me feel ready to take on the world that afternoon after a short nap. So (laughs) very, very enjoyable, very highly recommended, Um, and I haven't found anything close, growing up in new england i had no idea really what great
2: fried chicken was so until i moved to the south so my pick is is a chicken fried chicken that comes from memphis but i found out of it by way of atlanta and that is gus's world famous fried chicken Mm. um this place is is main gus's i mean it's world famous right it's world famous do i even need to say more um but what makes it to me unique and really good and outstanding is, is that it's not just, you know, um, plain fried chicken. It's, it's got this little hot spice going on. Actually, it's not too hot. It doesn't like burn your mouth, but it's just enough that it kind of wakes you up. (laughs) Like it's just, Mm -hmm. it's just so good. And, you know, if, you know, years at dragon con like you know for going to dragon con you know you'd you'd go by and you'd be like is that the line for john barrowman no it's the line for Gus's. (laughs) i mean that's that's how good the food is is that uh, a lot of people take time out of their busy convention time to wait in line and and experience, Gus's world famous fried chicken. Um, They've got a number of them. There's a few places here in the Atlanta area. And of course, you know, it's right out of Memphis. So um, it's, it's, to me, it's the best chicken. Like I think Michelle had someone coming over here, uh, someone visiting and they wanted to know they wanted Southern fried chicken. And I'm like, we'll take them to Gus's. And they were not disappointed. Mm
3: -hmm. So um, yeah. Mike, can I add to that? Yeah, sure. So what's, what's amazing as to its popularity is it's not even like in the main area where people would go to to eat at Dragon Con. It's kind that's of true. tucked away yes. on the lowest level of uh, the Peachtree Center Mall. And, you know, you, you have to know where you're going to find it. And yes, it's still got that line. It's, <laughs> it, that's it's how amazing. It, yeah, that's how good it is. And people will seek it out.
1: Mm-hmm. No, Gus, Gus's is one of those places that you have that, you know, my sister had had a meeting in Memphis and she told me about it. And so when we went to Graceland, we had to go to Gus's. And so Gus's in Memphis is this little tiny building that you could drive by five times and you see a Pabst Blue Ribbon sign, but you don't see the name of the place outside of it. And it is amazing food. I've been, of course, Dragon Con now, it's a tradition each year to get really bad service and really good chicken. So <laughs> it is it is pretty darn amazing.
3: If it's, if you, it's any, sorry, Mike, if it's any consolation, no, working in that downtown area, I can tell you the service is pretty bad, even when it's not Dragon Con.
1: Oh, I kind of, I kind of figured as much, and you know it is great, but because they call it Memphis hot chicken, they don't even call it fried chicken, and it it is, it is really good stuff. If you we uh, had, uh, we took Sean Vanderloo and his girlfriend at the time uh, to there, and they were like, I've we have never had anything like this in Canada, and they were like, this is like (laughs) dancing on our tongues. And then, so it was pretty awesome. It was, it's neat to show people what the restaurant is like. And I can't, you know, tell you how good it is. It is awesome.
2: I I am willing to give out a lot of uh, good information for, to people and suggestions and tips for Dragon Con. I seldom mention Gus's because I don't want the line to be any longer. <laughs> i'm sorry what? i'm selfish
3: Quite right too mike quite right too you. <laughs> you know if
2: they're if they're really close and good friends you know maybe we'll go but uh otherwise you know there's enough people it's the line is long enough thank you um that's but- why
1: you send people to mellow mushroom got it
2: okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh don't even get me started there okay <laughs> so next round uh let's see anthony i think you're up next
3: all right, so I would like to talk about Indian food now. Again, probably going a little stereotypical for the Brit. Uh, if you think, you know, of Mexican food in the US, you have a Mexican restaurant pretty much every couple of blocks, particularly in the south. That's Indian food back home. You have an Indian restaurant again every few blocks. Um, you go to certain areas of London, and you have entire streets that are nothing but Indian restaurants. Brick Lane, for example. So I grew up on Indian food. I've been to India. I've eaten Indian food in India. I've eaten Indian food in in America. And I've eaten Indian food in London. The best I have had, period, is in a little restaurant in southwest London called Manal Tandoori. And they do a phenomenal uh, keema, which is – no, hang on, not keema – meti gosht and that is um that is lamb with meti leaves um and it is flavorful the heat is just right not too hot not too mild gives you a little bit of a tingling in the mouth but it's not going to blow your brains out and get that with a a side of palau rice a keema naan and that's what i was going for earlier that's like a, a a naan that is stuffed with uh with ground lamb as well and oh then ra- yeah. Mango lassi on the side and wrap it all up with a portion of rasmalai, which are like a a milk-based dumpling for dessert. Chef's kiss. Beautiful. In the Atlanta area, there, and I'm going to cheat again here and have two choices, there's a restaurant in Decatur called Zyka, um, Z-Y-K-A, and probably the best i've had on this side of the atlantic um they don't serve alcohol so if you like a drink with your with your meal you're going to need to get it to go and open up your beer or your bottle of wine at home but again their sauces flavorful not too hot um really really authentic indian food very much enjoyed
2: Mm. mike would you uh you agree with that where's Um, your
3: favorite indian food
2: Mine
1: actually just opened about six months ago, and it just happens to be right around the corner from my house, which is totally awesome. Um, it's a place called Aroma uh, – they call it Aroma Street Indian Food, and it is amazing. It's a total carryout type of place in a, in a public shopping center. You could drive by the place and you wouldn't even know it was there. And this place – the carryout business this place gets has been amazing. When you order you have at least an hour wait to get the food. They are so busy. And I love, we um, Judy's a wimp when it comes to spice, but she loves the Indian spices. Like when we get the veg- vegetarian samosas and then we get, you know, garlic naan and then we start going in for either, you know, get like a chicken taka masala or we also sometimes get spinach chicken or we sometimes do a you know a paneer and there's just so many everything they have there the flavors just explode in your mouth and it is awesome and you can get the different spice levels which is nice because i get medium and judy goes for the wimp version of it and it is it's just it's just great because you know if i don't have if i eat indian food and i'm not having tears in my eyes it's not spicy enough you know and that's and it's it's not like a spicy where you can't enjoy the flavor this flavor is so good and it's just it's just awesome you know and i would definitely recommend that
3: I'm looking at the menu now and I'm going to have to add them to my list to try. So thank you (laughs) for that recommendation, Mike.
1: Dude, when, when it's over, I will take you there. I look
2: forward to it, my friend. Michelle, what about you? What's uh, the best Indian food you've ever had?
0: After these uh, connoisseurs have done their take, very inauthentic, um, on my first cruise, we went to Alaska on Norwegian Cruise Lines. Um I discovered on the buffet, I discovered their version of upma which I am sure is not how it is served in India, but I liked it a lot.
2: What is what is that?
0: Um on, no- on Norwegian it's just basically some lightly curry spiced grits. Mm. And I noticed they had it also when we went to um, on your birthday cruise. Okay. The the Key West cruise. So it must be a a cruise staple. And it is, I'm sure, not authentic, but. Gotcha. I enjoyed it.
1: They um, might have one guy who who had been to India naked or
2: something like that. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Um,
0: the, the cruise to Alaska was um, our fellow passengers. There were a significant number of people from India. That's and true. I, I'm very curious um, how many of them had that and if they enjoyed it or not.
2: Had to be better than their mashed potatoes because uh, Norwegian, Norwegian Cruise Line does not know how to make mashed potatoes. No.
1: I got very spoiled because Judy, for eight years, worked for an Indian-based company, and they actually catered in for different Indian holidays. They brought in food, and it was a lot of it was homemade, and it was just amazing. Or if they did ca- actually have the caterers come in from like a lot of the vegetarian. Indian places around the city used to bring in food for the, for work. And they would of course invite their spouses. Thank you very much. And I got to try all this different stuff from, and it opened my eyes and it's just the culture and the food. is just, it's just awesome. You know, when they did the Diwali and, you know, celebrations and it was, it's just awesome.
2: I am going to circle back around a little bit. To Anthony's home country, because when I uh, was uh, did an internship at the British Film Institute in 1989, uh, I kept a diary. And on October 29th, this is what I wrote: uh, Dave Gabriel and I went to Kentistown Town and ate at a place called Indian Lancer. The food was good quality and not that expensive. In in quotation or in uh, parentheses, I put reasonable. I've never had Indian food before, so I didn't know quite what to order. I did get a lamb dish that was all right, but I expected something slightly spicier. Gabrielle, on the other hand, got a dish that he thought was too spicy. Dave got trout and was picking out bones all night. Not a bad meal overall. That is my best experience and my most favorite experience eating Indian food. Um, I will say that uh, later on that during that trip um there was a sort of christmas staff party from the british film institute and they took us to a uh indian restaurant because like they like and they said they're all over the place over there and i can't i don't remember the name of this place uh but i do remember that um while when the food was arriving um the head of production for the british film institute um told me to try this dish first and uh, he put a lot of something on some bread and, uh, and served it to me. And it was the hottest thing I've ever had in my entire life in my mouth. Like, ever. Um, I still I lost taste buds that day that I still have never recovered from fully. Um, I guess the good thing about it is that I didn't couldn't taste my meal afterwards <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I, it's mom. Um, unfortunately, my experiences having Indian food have just gone downhill from there. So um, it is not my favorite choice of cuisine. I've had it on occasion and uh, it's OK, but um, um, it's it's not my favorite thing. But uh, but I will speak to the fact that, yes, in 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 London, I had my two my maybe my two favorite experiences at an Indian restaurant uh, while I was over there. So um, and I did notice that, yes, those were uh, those were um, yeah, more highly thought of than some of the more uh, other traditional English style eating places that when I was there. <laughs> so so uh, that's my experience with Indian food. Sorry. Um I am uh, glad that some people enjoy that for sure. So uh now we're going to switch to I guess a couple of uh sweet items to 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 level us off here to end this this course. Uh, Michelle, what you got? Cheesecake.
1: Cheesecake.
0: Cheesecake. Cheesecake and Whew. People are gonna think I'm getting paid by Magianos. I, <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. Take you back to Magianos. Um, their cheesecake. They would be so insulted to hear me say this. But I mean this in the best way, because the jello cheesecake that you make from a mix is what I grew up on, and that's what their cheesecake reminds me of. It isn't the real um firm, dense New York style. It is this very creamy, soft, fluffy style. And when you pair that up with the Rigatoni D, you're just really in a comfort coma. You've you've regressed to the fetal stage. (laughs) It's just, (laughs) you're a baby again. Um, Can't think of anything more comforting than that. It's good, good stuff.
3: Good, good. Anthony, what about you? So this is where, again, I have to give a shout out to my mother who makes a spectacular no-bake raspberry cheesecake that's just beautiful. But um that being 4,000 miles away and myself being in Atlanta, second best is the Marietta Diner does a huge number of wonderful cakes and cheesecakes. And I think their, their specialty is they do a baklava cheesecake that is just beautiful Mm -hmm. it's it's everything you can think that such a cheesecake would be with the phyllo and and the honey combined with cheesecake and and more i'm not sure i even have the words to describe how good this is you're just Mm -hmm. going to have to go and get a slice yourself
1: well actually i'm going to tag on after that because i had two picks for my cheesecake the cheesecake that you get at Most of the higher-end restaurants in the Atlanta area, including Marietta Diner, is from a restaurant-slash-bakery up in Alpharetta called the Alpine Bakery. Basically, they have a a, a factory-slash-bakery in the back of their restaurant, and it's become so popular that other restaurants have started hiring them to fill up their cases and everything— all the diners in the Atlanta area, including Landmark, including Marietta, including Metro, all use the Alpine Bakery. And Alpine Bakery is the closest thing in the Atlanta area to a true Italian bakery. And you go into this restaurant. It's located in Milton, Georgia, and which is right outside of Roswell and Alpharetta. You go in and it's like display cases of Italian bakery food, uh, cookies, cakes, cheesecakes, all these things. And you walk in there and it's like,
2: oh, ah.
1: it like <laughs> sings to you. And it is, it's just amazing. You know, I've brought, we've brought people from out of town to there and it's just like, you see this place and you go, all right. I want some of that. I want some of that. I want some of that. And they also have a, an Italian restaurant connected to it, and the food is just equally as good. And this place has gotten so big they had to open a second bakery up in Canton, Georgia, to be able to handle all the off-site baking they do for like all the different restaurants and everything. It's pretty amazing.
2: I know some diners up in Chattanooga uh, are supplied by there, too. The city diners that they're up there um, mm-hmm, exactly. get, their, they get their cakes from there, too.
1: Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. The stuff um, that they put out is just really amazing. Uh, but that wasn't actually my pick. I just wanted to add <laughs> on to it because I know where – It's another plug. Marietta Diner is known for its cake porn. So mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing because when you first walk into the diner – they have the the display cases and it's just like, Oh, I've seen this all at Alpine bakery, but it's Mm -hmm. the food going into going into the diner in Marietta is just awesome. It's the closest thing to a New York diner that you're going to find in the South. You know, all the others like Metro and landmark and stuff are wannabes. Marietta is the best in the area, but that's neither here nor there. Um, my cheesecake, actually, that I wanted to rave about is called SNS Cheesecake in New York City. It is worldwide well known, and it's a bakery on the lower, you know, West Side, um, almost Greenwich Village area. And it is amazing. The cheesecakes are so, they're like the, the true cheesecakes, where it's like ab- about the size of a dinner plate and about as thick. As probably ten books stacked up together on each other, and it is just to die for. It literally is the cheesecake that melts in your mouth, and this is the true New York cheesecake when you hear about it. And you know, we used to drive in from New Jersey to come and get you know S and S, and you'd be you know and you bring it home with you, and it's it's just awesome, and it's the food there. It's not even, it's a bakery and you, it's cheesecake or nothing else, pretty much, I feel, at this place. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool. And you could even order it off of, I think it was a, what they call it, Gold Belly or something like that, where you can order from all around the world, um, food. You can order SNS cheesecakes and they'll ship it to you. And that's how good it is.
2: My choice is, uh, is This might seem kind of pedestrian at first because my my restaurant of choice is the Cheesecake Factory, but not because of their just ordinary cheesecakes because their, their plain old cheesecakes are decent at best, right? But they have something called pumpkin cheesecake. And to me, it is the best thing I've ever had in my mouth ever. Um, if you want to know how to make Mike happy... Get me a pumpkin cheesecake and you will be a friend for life. Um, I love pumpkin pie. I love cheesecake. Um, Don't ask me to decide between them. And luckily, thanks to (laughs) Cheesecake Factory, I don't have to. Um, Pumpkin spice mixed with cheesecake is just the best to me. It is awesome. And uh, they are hard to get. At or especially around the holidays, and I think that's it's seasonal, right? I think so, probably. I think they're seasonal, most likely. Um, and uh, believe me, they are not cheap, um, and and you have to order them like days in advance. Um, so so I know that they are a popular item, um, at least, but um, all of a sudden I wouldn't care even if they, I was the only one who liked them because they are just that good. Uh, there may be other cheesecake folks that mix in pumpkin spice and, and, and then do it better. Uh, I would, I'm willing to try them out. So feel free to send them to me. I will give you my address. Uh, just uh, email me <laughs> here at the podcast and, uh, we'll talk, but, um, I, I will sample all the pumpkin cheesecakes uh, that there are. I will well, gladly do so. I yes, I will gladly do that. I will up my, uh, insulin levels on my, uh, diabetes medication and we'll be good to go. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's my, that's, that's my, uh, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite ever. Like that's, that is literally the best I've ever eaten in my entire life. So, so that said, um, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, this is our last item, our last menu item, uh, for this course, uh, this three course meal that we've all (laughs) digested over the last hour and a half. Boy, are we going to have some weird dreams. Um, (laughs) And uh, this is going to be simple. It's small, uh, but you know, uh, hey fellas, uh, Valentine's Day is coming, um, so um, so I was thinking of uh, chocolate candies, like you know, um, you know, there's there's a lot of different samplers out there, of course, and some folks like certain kinds that are in those samplers, and some not so much. So, um, me personally, I have recently discovered uh some uh a uh, chocolate caramel um, with macadamia nuts sort of clusters and let me tell you those are my new favorite things <laughs> i mean if i can't get pumpkin cheesecake this is the next best thing um michelle knows how much i love macadamia nuts they are my mm. favorite uh things to have uh, sort of snack on but um this is a whole new level uh chocolate caramel macadamia nuts three great tastes that taste so great together. Um, and actually, oddly enough, uh, Kirkland makes a nice bulk size of them, which, uh, doesn't seem like it's enough (laughs) for me. So, uh, you know, it's pretty standard, but, uh, I love, I love that mix of chocolate candy. Um, Michelle, what, what is your favorite chocolate candy? And I'll make sure to write this down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> wink, wink. You, uh, <laughs> Mike, not too subtle there.
0: Uh, I just generally like chocolate candy. Um, used to work in a place where every year at Christmas we would get a big selection of uh, a famous company called C's candy. Um, oh, love C's. Yeah, yeah. Pretty well. Pretty well known and um, yum. <laughs>
1: Yeah, They used to have C- C's candy stores um, in Seattle. And then when I lived in Los Angeles, they used to have them. We used to go sometimes, but it was mostly for special occasions type thing. You know, like mom's birthday or something. Mm-hmm. I used to send her C's candy.
2: Now, is this like like assorted candy? Yeah. Is it mixed yeah. or is it just yeah. plain? No. It's, like no, the it's, bro- the- it's like the the yeah. Whitman sampler type stuff. Gotcha, mm-hmm. gotcha, gotcha. So it's got various little items in there. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very
0: cool. And there's a, there's a code in the inside lid
2: of the box. Oh, right, right. It's so you don't have to guess. <laughs> yes, this. I don't know what this is. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna chance it. <laughs> exactly.
1: Here, you try now. What does it taste like?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's always a game to play. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, what about you? What's uh? It's your favorite chocolate candies.
3: Well, I'm. Again, I'm going to have to play the British card here and it's going to have to be something by uh, by Cadbury's because, you know, that's just the British way. And are we talking about individually wrapped or can I pick a chocolate bar?
2: Uh, sure. Bar- chocolate bar is fine. It's
3: got to be the Crunchy, which is uh, basically a, a bar of honeycomb that's then coated oh, in milk chocolate. It is awesome. It is and so awesome. I love those. Growing up, I still love them now. Every time I go to one of the British stores, I I make sure I stock up at least as many as the girlfriend will let me have before she tells me, "Where are you going to store the rest?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's 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 a problem for future me. <laughs> but um, I, not I, commenting. I love those so much. Is that coming
1: sooner than we think, Mister?
3: <laughs> <laughs> so. You know again, the storage issue uh prevents me from keeping as many on hands as I would like to, so I, I always try and pick a few up
2: storage issue is not usually a problem for us; it doesn't yeah, yeah. usually <laughs> last that long so. <laughs>
3: yeah. well i mean again there's the, there's the whole how many can I eat before I get home uh, yeah, yeah. before mm-hmm. i before I make myself ill right 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 <laughs>
0: okay so uh, I have a question for for our British guest here um. I I once read a very interesting book called The Emperors of Chocolate, and it was about the uh, intense corporate battles between Hershey's and M&M Mars, and um, it had a lot of uh, historical background about milk chocolate and Hershey's. They tried to reinvent the wheel and create a new way to make chocolate, and I never forgot the the statement in there that the Brits consider Hershey's to be, quote-unquote, barnyard chocolate <laughs> is that a your lo- a uh, lot of
1: people yeah a lot of people <laughs> who aren't Americans say
3: that
0: yes is that I, your uh your take on Hershey's
3: you know I'm not a fan of their milk chocolate but <laughs> I know that um Reese's peanut butter cups are made by Hershey's and I love those mm. I do like their cookies and cream as well but their milk mm. chocolate it, it just <laughs> doesn't taste quite right to me um They also manufacture, if you go to like Publix and see Cadbury's on the shelves, Mm -hmm. that's actually Hershey made under license. Ah. So Mm. if you want the genuine article, you have to go to one of the British stores and get the Cadbury's made Cadbury. Uh Um, So there there is a difference. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm not a huge fan of of Hershey's (laughs) milk
0: chocolate.
3: Okay. I want to be specific there. I like their dark chocolate.
1: When I went to Australia, I brought back so much chocolate with me because it was just – it was so different than what we grew up with here in the States. And it's interesting. There was one it was called – that I liked a lot. It was called an Aereo. Mm -hmm. And it's – there was one flavor I liked. It's called a mint Aereo. It's It's like a chocolate bar but it has like air holes in it. And it makes it very light and very airy. And I go to the British store now to go get that like every couple months because it's one of my favorites that I like. But we also did go when we were in Australia. We were in Tasmania and we went to the Cadbury factory there. And Mm -hmm. we went to go to do the tour, but it was closed because it was Easter Monday. And I was just like... These goys, what can they do? You know, they're closed for the holiday. I'm <laughs> visiting this land called Tasmania, and I wanted to tour, but it was closed. So, mm-hmm. um, sadly enough, we didn't get to go tour the factory. But the it's just awesome, you know, seeing the differences in the, in the even the candies you're familiar with cuz they have like 15 different types of Kit Kats they have mm. all these different you know types of chocolate that you've heard and like like Anthony was saying even the Cadbury is different here in the states than it is there anyway. Yeah I think
2: over in Japan they have like 25 different kinds of Kit Kats I mean they're p- yeah. flavored I had to stay Kit away
1: from Kats. the wasabi Kit Kats. I, <laughs> I made that mis- I made that I made that mistake I thought it was going to be mint but no, it was not.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, so, I bought my uh my girlfriend a bo- like a selection box of those uh, Japanese Kit Kats for Christmas because she really <laughs> loves Kit Kats. So I I can't wait to see how she reacts to the wasabi
2: so so wait so for the cadbury thing about about cadbury so the cadbury because when i think of cadbury i think of oddly enough i think of easter because i think of the eggs eggs. Mm -hmm. so the cadbury eggs are those british or those american
3: i don't know (laughs) because i don't really buy easter eggs because it's i never get through them yeah Um, yeah yeah I haven't had one of those Cadbury eggs in a while,
2: but uh, I just, uh, you see, I'm surprised we haven't started seeing those ads already.
1: We just start calling them eggs. You know, we don't celebrate <laughs> Easter. <Yeah. laughs>
2: They're just Cadbury eggs.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. I don't know if
0: it's a typical American reaction, but but it's like psychological word association. If you walk up to me and say Cadbury, I come back with egg.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you mean uh, like mm-hmm. the, the, the cream eggs, the little oh, ones? Yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, I love those. No, the ones you find in grocery stores are American made.
2: Yeah, that's what. Yeah. I mean. They're probably more milk chocolate. More of that more of that what did you call
3: it?
0: Barnyard. Bar- 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 <laughs> barnyard bar- chocolate.
2: Barnyard. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. the
3: the ones here that you can tell because the the American made ones come in like a a red, green and blue wrapper, the British ones are in like a purple, red and yellow wrapper.
2: Mm. So mm-hmm. the color
3: difference. Ah, gotcha.
2: next best thing to Willy Wonka <laughs> uh well very cool well that that's great man that's we done it we did it mike three rounds three courses uh this is a first for wow. us i know, I know. So, now we're chock full except all our listeners are really hungry and they're just Debating on where they're going to eat now because they about. I'm,
1: I'm going to bed. What do you mean? I'm
2: stuffed. <laughs> all these, yeah. all these amazing choices that we've given them. So, so thanks everybody for participating. Uh, we're going to be right back to close out the show after this message.
0: Yeah, in the daytime I'm Mister Natural, just as healthy as I can be.
5: But at night I'm a junk food junkie.
0: Good Lord, have pity on me.
5: Patreon.com backslash ESO network.
1: So that's going to wrap up another episode of the air station one podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight and I hope you got your full of food because we totally did. I think, you know, we are all in food comas pretty much already with all the food that we were talking about, but we will be back again don't worry. We'll, we'll wake up from this food coma eventually. we got some good things to talk to you over the next few months. we got a lot of stuff that's coming up. But let's thank everyone for joining us tonight. Anthony, sir, you did a great job tonight. Your food choices were excellent. Do you want to, uh, anything you want to shout out about?
3: Yes, uh, firstly, thank you again for having me back on the show. Always have a good time on Earth Station 1. And as usual, you can find me over on the Watchers in the Fourth Dimension podcast where we are watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 to now. And uh right now we're somewhere in 1968.
1: I was going to say I was going to ask how far you guys have made it. So you're uh, we,
3: Yeah, we just wrapped up season 5. Oh, wow. So... Okay, so
1: you're second Doctor era. Sir. That is awesome. You're in a great, great time to do it. What are you guys doing, like, on the show with, like, the missing episodes and such? Are you doing the audios? Or, so we've
3: or... mostly been doing, where, where there's animation, we're doing the animation. Um, we were able to get hold of the Fury from the Deep animation before it was officially released in the U.S. So we... <coughs> oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, He's
2: British. He's got connections.
3: Exactly. I, I mean honestly, I just bought the british d v d and we watched it together so <laughs> but uh yeah it's um it, we use animation, we use the loose cannon reconstructions for the most part um and a, a few of us have tried other methods uh we actually had a big discussion about some of the rather questionable quality attempts at reconstructing some of the episodes on YouTube that are out there. Uh, there are some That's rather awesome. interesting kind of flash animated ones that are not very good, but admire the effort. Oh,
1: definitely. And how can people find you?
3: Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, Amazon, all, all the usual places uh, where you can find good podcasts, um, or at watches 4 com.
1: Excellent. And they've got also a great Facebook group, folks feel free to jump in. They got some good discussions about the stuff they're reviewing and even good doctor who discussions. It's pretty awesome. So it's very cool to see them come around and I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going to go with their show. It's pretty awesome. They got a lot of doctor who in front of them.
3: Indeed. Thank you so much, Mike.
1: Not a problem. And Michelle, thank you so, so much for being with
0: us. Oh, thanks for having me.
1: Anything you want to shout out about?
0: (sighs) Ah. Nothing much going on, really, in the world of music, partly because of the pandemic. Um, Looking forward to the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame season starting up again.
1: Are they going to be announcing the next class soon?
0: Uh, The committee meets, the date I heard was January 27th or 28th, and then uh, ballot will be announced in February, and the class will be announced, I think, in April.
1: Okay. So a little bit delayed because it's usually already announced by this point.
0: Yeah, this is so this, this is new schedule. Everything is a weird year. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a weird year anyway. So
0: mm, already.
1: <laughs> already, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Mr. Mike, we made it through another one, my friend.
2: We did. Although I'm a little full after this one, a little more full than usual. I think you my like a mint? I think my notes were bigger than my stomach. Um, Would you like
0: a mint? I, I have a
2: waffer-thin no, no. mint right here for you, Mikey. No, I couldn't eat another bite. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, but as always, it's my pleasure.
1: Anything you want to shout out about?
2: Yes, I want to give a shout out to our birthday boy of the day, Mr. Huh? Mike Faber. Oh, no, no, Congra- congratulations no. congratulations for making it another year around the sun. That's uh, no mean feat these days. Happy
1: birthday, Mike. I didn't know. Oh yeah. I only turn twenty one every couple of years, so it's pretty awesome. (laughs) Thank you, my friends. I appreciate it.
2: Sure, sure. Well we'll spare you the singing.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, Judy actually earlier threatened to come in during the show somewhere during the show and yeah, start singing happy birthday. But it was like, No, it's it's quite okay. I do appreciate it. So This is good enough, but thank you, everybody. And thank you, everybody, to all the people out on Facebook who actually did wish me happy birthday today. And I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm humbled by how many people actually did and remembered. And to those who didn't remember who were on the show, that's a whole different story. So, your names have been noted. Names have been noted. You've been, you're in my book. You're in my book now.
2: On the list. Exactly.
1: You're on the list. So, Awesome. Thank you, guys. I really do appreciate it. Uh, My shout-out, real quick, actually, Judy and I have been watching another new show, and the fine folks at Masterpiece Theatre have been bringing us the new version of All Creatures Great and Small, and it is amazing. Uh, We stream it, of course, and I think on the PBS show itself, they've only shown the first episode here in the States. Two episodes. But if you two episodes. If you stream it all all seven episodes are available. And so Judy and I watched it over the weekend. It's six regular episodes and the seventh episode is the their Christmas special. But they've already announced that it is coming back for season 2. So that's going to be filmed probably later this year post-COVID hopefully. And it was wonderful. And it is it's a little more Downton Abbey than the old Peter Davison version <laughs> than it was. But it was really well done, very well produced, and the cinematography is just amazing. Uh, I know they were sh- shooting it mostly in south South of the UK and everything, and it was just it's just really beautiful and definitely recommend it. So definitely check it out. Speaking of checking out, of course, we'll be back again next week, and we are going to be looking at the 80th anniversary of the very first Super Team. That's right. In comic books, it's the 80th anniversary of the Justice Society of America. And we are going to be talking all about that. So it should be a lot of fun. And we'll have some great people up here to chat all about it, as always. But of course, you know, as we like to say, thanks for listening to Earth Station One. We are the podcast that is powered by NSC. You can find them at www.nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station One wherever fine podcasts are found, including Amazon Music Now. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yes, we aren't too proud to beg for listeners. We've been around for over 560 episodes. I think it's okay that we beg by this point if no one's listening. On behalf of myself, Mr. Mike Faber, let's thank Mr. Michael Gordon and Anthony Williams and, of course, Michelle Borg. Thank you again for listening. We will see you here next time on Earth Station One. Stay safe, hug your loved ones, peace, and have a good year. And we're done. Boom. Awesome. You've been listening to the Earth Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it.